Welcome to the Sin Job Pod. This is a podcast by young people from Sin Media. On each episode, a new Sin volunteer will speak to a media or creative industry worker in their field of interest. They'll discuss how to get your start in your chosen industry, the ins and outs of job hunting, and pro tips for landing that dream gig. Do you want to get your start in the media industry? Become a Sin volunteer today. Head to syn.org.au forward slash get involved to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Sin's brand new Job Pod, a podcast for young media makers to pick the brains of people in their industry of interest. My name is Neve. I'm a former executive producer of Housemates at Sin. I'm a local DJ, quote unquote, <laughs> and a recent media graduate. I'm here with Anita Michalski. Anita is the community manager at Hindenburg Systems. She's a multimedia producer, DJ, community radio broadcaster, and teacher from Melbourne, and she's a Sin alumni. Thank you so much for coming on the job pod. Thanks, Neve, for having me. Um, first up, how did you first find your way into community radio? Definitely sin. Um, I, grew, I grew up in Melbourne and so community radio was always something that really interested me. Uh, I think like in year 12 or something we had to do an assignment where we had to research different types of radio and know like what's the difference between community, public and commercial. Um and community radio always sparked my interest. So I think as soon as I was like, I think I put off like volunteering at SIN until I was like at least 18, 19. Um, and it definitely started my love of community radio, but I always loved it. Um, just, I think just being around Melbourne and being exposed to it all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Melbourne is probably the best, not to like toot our own horn, but is one of the best cities for community radio just because we have such like a good like breadth and culture surrounding it. Yeah. And I think I was like really interested in live music um, at that age, you know, you're turning 18, you want to go to gigs yeah. and I don't know, community radio seemed to really um, support like the arts and entertainment. And that was like something I was interested in was kind of working in arts and or entertainment. So yeah, it just sort of seemed like a, like a natural thing to do or to get involved in. And Sin was just like so accessible. So I was like, why not? Where else Where else would I go as a little like teenager? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a good plug, I think, for Sin in itself. We can use that as a soundbite. Um, what were some of the most valuable lessons that you learned from doing community radio? Definitely. Um, I think first and foremost, like I've never been formally trained in radio. Like I actually studied film and TV. So it gave me a really good foundation in like how radio production actually works because I actually didn't know anything about about it so it gave me a really solid training in radio like my sin training was super informative and just the first time I had um had any training in radio um from there I think uh like being around community radio stations has taught me the power of I think like accessibility and the diversity um, that stations bring, but also just uh, the, I think just the overall importance of like, it really ignited my interest in independent media. And like a few years after being involved, you know, podcasts really took off around that time and more independent media. So like even digital media online, like has really popped up. So even like videos, YouTube channels, just all of that sort of thing. Um, And I think community media has been doing that for a really long time. 
like that whole independent voices, um, not influenced by outside sources, uh, you know, any like the Murdoch meet like Murdoch giant yeah. kind of thing, like anything <laughs> like that. So I think that was the lesson was how important um, independent media really truly was. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of podcasting, can you give us a bit of a summary of the work that you're doing at the moment? I worked in radio and I wanted to work more in podcasting. And for a while there, I was sort of thinking about like, I need to build my podcasting portfolio. Like I don't, I haven't really worked so much on podcasts, like podcasts made for podcasts, not a radio show turned into a podcast. And so I... I wanted to work more in podcasting and I mostly do it through a studio called Stupid Old Studios. So they have a podcast space. They're basically a um, kind of a collective of creatives and comedians really who run a TV and a podcast studio. And so external people can book that studio and can either book it and get like an induction to the studio and how to record a good sounding podcast or they can record an entire season or entire thing and get producer to help them with that. So that's where I come in. Um, So I'm kind of like the producer at that studio um, if anyone external comes in. So I've done a bit of work just producing like kind of like corporate-y, not corporate, like I did a not-for-profit podcast there, like we did a season. And, yeah, most of my work just sort of comes from there. I haven't really – I find it like kind of tricky to find independent podcast work um, outside of – that and I find it like the like there's a bit of a buffer between me and the client directly like they vet the project what they want when they want to record and then I just come in when everything is set up so it's actually really sweet in terms of that and then uh in terms of podcasting I work like closely with the what I'd call the podcasting community and I'm doing like quotation marks um through my work with Hindenburg so they make software that podcasters use and so I spend a lot of time talking to podcasters through my work with them um teaching them how to use their podcast I just like empowering them through like giving the tools of like this is how you record and make your podcast sound good enough so it's not distracting to the listener and you can focus on like actually the topic that you want to talk about as opposed to like fiddling with a million different EQ and compressor knobs, like it's simple. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, my connection with podcasting there. I guess like you're, you're working over like with Hindenburg and then with stupid old studios, you're working like across a few, like in the same industry, but across a few different jobs, um, which I think is something that's a little bit more common now for people of this generation versus like maybe our parents and stuff like that um like jobs are moving really quickly and how they kind of operate how would you how do you view the industry currently I view it as so um it's not fixed at all it's there's a lot of room for growth and there's so much flexibility I think even more so as technology advances like 10 years ago I wouldn't have imagined you know you could do all this remote work um, like Hindenburg, for example, are based in Denmark and I work for them in Australia and it's just a job that I can do um, just from from the corner of my apartment. Like it's not um, – I think it's changing from that. So I think there's lots of growth and I think it's amazing that like even for a podcast, like you could have two hosts in 
you know, the States and then you can have a producer in Australia um, putting it all together and editing it and stuff. So I think it's opened up a lot like that. And I think technology is really exciting because it's emerging so quickly and there's so much new technology. So yeah, heaps of growth opportunity, not just like with who you can work with, but how quickly you can record and, and do things at the moment, which is really exciting for collaboration. Yeah, for sure. And working remotely, um and with different people are you working as like a contracted employee are you freelancing for most of them like what sort of stuff are you doing yeah so it's a bit of a contractor kind of setup with a bit of a it's a bit of a mix um it's an ongoing contract with my Hindenburg work so it's not really near here or there and that's mostly a logistical like legal thing because I'm in Australia and I'm the only I'm the only employee in Australia that means that they would have like legally it, it yeah it gets complicated so that's kind of the setup with stupid old it's like a freelance like it's not it's ongoing but there could be gaps for like a month or two between or even six months and then it could be like three jobs in a row in one month so um yeah it's just like an invoiced kind of thing and yeah all the most of the jobs that I do are invoiced and contractor I do work for CMTO casually so that's a job that's it's not like it's similar to freelancing, I think, being casual. But, yeah, I still have that flexibility, which is really nice. With freelancing, did you have an idea to go into working that way or did you did it kind of just fall into your lap and you were like, all right, this sounds good? Probably, probably the latter. I think for me I'd been working full-time for a long time and I think because of the competitive nature of just like the media industry, it's so hard to get a full-time job. I kind of wanted to explore doing different things. And I think I started DJing at the time and I was picking up lots of shifts and I was like kind of surprised how easy, not easy it was (laughs) to sort of do. So I think DJing kind of opened up my eyes to freelancing and the beauty of it really opened up my eyes to like all the different things that you can do. Um, and all the different working relationships you can have. So yeah, I kind of fell into it. It wasn't such a it wasn't really like a super intentional thing. It was kind of like, I'm going to like just explore, try some different things because I really wanted to expand and have more skills. Like I'd worked in teaching. I wanted to know how to edit podcasts. I wanted to DJ. I wanted to just do a whole bunch of different things. I was trying to expand and um, yeah, going freelance kind of let me do that and let me let me explore a bit more but it wasn't like an intentional goal the whole time like I would definitely still be open to a full-time job but I think I think they have their like definitely their strengths and and their and their weaknesses with either side um but yeah it gives you lots of independence which is nice yeah and has moving from full-time work into kind of um more freelance work has that changed how you see yourself like as a professional or do you kind of just I don't know get the job done (laughs) oh no I still have imposter syndrome and like constant existential crises like all the time (laughs) either way I think um does it change how I see myself as a professional yeah it kind of does because I think when you're working on shorter jobs I think you 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 interact with a lot more people and you're working so much more broadly whereas when you're full-time you're in a little bit of a bubble and you get a bit stale and I think working with lots of different people and getting like different feedback on different types of jobs that I was doing kind of yeah maybe get gave me a bit more of a confidence boost because it was like oh I can do this and I can do this as well and like I don't know it kind of gives you a bit more of a breadth of like different 
different skills that you're kind of showing off. So in that sense, it probably gave me, yeah, a little bit more confidence and it definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, and to just be like, you know what, I'm, I've been asked to do this job. Can I do it? All right, I'll just try and see what happens, you know, just to be a bit more bold and brave and just, cause at that point you don't have that security of like, I get paid every week. I have a set wage it's kind of like well I have to hustle to make the next thing happen so it pushes you like in a good way if you have the support and the ability to do that which I did at the time yeah like if you need I kind of needed that push personally because I was just stuck yeah stuck in my way stuck in my bubble so it pushed me out of my comfort zone made me um, hustle a bit harder which was probably good for me and what I needed at that time in my career because I was like in my late 20s early 30s I could kind of like kind of do that but if I was in my early 20s I think I I wanted that security of a full-time job so yeah I just wanted to expand a bit yeah to like kind of get I guess like a base a base line of like all right this is you know where I'm at and stuff and then you can kind of from that nice position like suss out your options sort of thing um you're talking about having like all the different things and having to hustle and stuff as a freelancer um how do you set boundaries for yourself to separate I guess work like some jobs from each other, but also work from like the rest of your life? Oh, that's a really good question. I struggle with this a lot sometimes. I honestly, I just write, (laughs) this is like, I don't know, maybe I'm too rational and like, I don't know, this may be really boring (laughs) answer, but like I write everything down. I'm just really like, I make sure that everything I'm committed to is in the calendar. And so I know I can visualize and see everything that I'm doing and I check my calendar every day and on Mondays I kind of look ahead to the next week or two and from there I can just make decisions about what work I take on and what work I say no to um but balancing like work-life balance and having a personal life balance that is a real struggle for me especially at the moment um because I work I don't like I kind of miss having that nine to five because you kind of like finish work and you can do your thing but when you're kind of freelancing um yeah I might work at late night times and things like that so it's harder to sort of have a social life um but yeah you just gotta you just gotta have your goals and know like okay am I earning a certain amount like this is my goal if I have this much I'm I'm good and like set time aside to to have a break one thing I do miss though was um for my job at CMTO I used to travel a lot for work and I found that was really good for me because I'm not someone who likes I actually don't, I learned something about myself is that I don't like routine. I don't really like doing the same thing every day. I kind of get bored really easily, really easily. So when I used to travel for work, it was the best thing ever because it was like an adventure. I was like, oh, I get to go on a plane. I get to go to this new radio station in a rant, like in Tasmania. Like that was just, I think like that just stimulated my brain and just made my, made me more energetic towards like what I was doing but then it made me like it gave me something to look forward to I just really enjoyed that so I don't like like I like meeting new people I like going places and and just being like new little challenges like the unknown like I actually quite enjoy that um and I don't know I don't know if that that could be for everyone but that's one way that I that I help myself and I think now it's harder because I can't do that travel a lot so I, you know, have, I rent a desk like outside of my apartment. I go there to work and that's a really positive separation from my homework life to my like work, work life. And I still take calls at home. Like I still do meetings at home, but it just kind of helps give me that separation a little bit. Or if I just want to 
really hone in and focus in for a few hours. I can just like go to my desk. I've got my monitor. I've got everything I need and I can really focus in and, and smash out like a good eight or nine hours work all at once and then come home and then feel really relaxed because I'm not bringing that home. Like I'm still bringing it home with me, but just not as much. And then sometimes even like I delete apps on my, like sometimes I'll, I'll delete things on my phone, like that are work related for like a few days and then maybe download it again. Um, Cause you know, I check my phone for work all the time, but yeah, these are considerations like burnout is so real. Um, but I think also just communicating boundaries. Um, I mean, it's harder if you're freelance, but yeah, just communicating boundaries as much as possible with your colleagues so that they, they know, and it's hard, but you, you know, you got to do that. Otherwise, how will they know? You're at a point in your career where you like have options that, you know, you're happy with and you're at a place like you've, you know, you like, what are you saying? Like meeting new people, working with podcasting stuff, like you've got it kind of set out. How do you first, um, I guess, find work in the field? Because it is tricky when, I guess, like for someone like me, like I look out and it's just like this big thing and I want to get involved, but it's hard to figure out where and it's, especially from a entry-level point um what is your advice I guess to people who are looking to get their start in the media industry mm, yes this is a big challenge and I've uh <laughs> experienced this I I wish I had like a formula and I could say like do this do that and this is what works but the answer is there is none like I don't have a set way that will guarantee the outcomes of getting a job I think it comes from like a, an element of it is just luck. An element is also networking. And I talked about this, like I did a presentation for Sin, but like kind of let your work speak for itself and build that up. And it definitely takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Like even my connections from Sin from 10 years ago are, are leading to opportunities now. Like it can be a very, very, very slow burn so I think that that's, I don't know if, that, <laughs> if that's very encouraging, um, but ways to, I'm trying to think of ways to speed it up. So for me, for me, it was very much like being a yes woman and not just being on a one track mind of like, I want to work in radio. So therefore I'm only going to take on radio jobs. It was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to DJ and I'm going to, I'm going to go to this conference and talk to these people and I'm going to try something completely you know I got asked once to do a presentation about taking photos for social media which like I'm I have no formal training in photography but I was like you know what I'll do this like why not um so yeah just being a yes woman being open and having that kind of growth mentality that it doesn't hurt to just try something different I think um and that kind of opened it up a little bit so yeah sometimes I don't know, young people get a bit or anyone can get a bit stuck in their ways where they have an idea of the career that they want and it, they kind of put that job or that title like on a pedestal. But then if they ended up there anyway, would they even be happy? And to be honest, like I think like <laughs> the whole idea of working, like I'm sceptical, like I think no matter what you do it's going to be challenging and the whole purpose of working is to do things you don't necessarily want to do so that you can earn money and you like <laughs> that, that sums it up I think it's, an, it's inevitable <laughs> like that's kind of like you can't and I think this like I don't know I think the idea of like find your dream job blah 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 is like kind of 
problematic in a lot of ways because I don't know if it exists and I think that can make people really unhappy and I think yeah it helps to do something you love but also if you monetize your hobby are you going to be happy because maybe you've ruined a hobby you really like like I okay so I volunteer at PBS but that's a volunteer gig when I when I do shows and it just brings me so much joy like it's just I don't know I I I still do radio and I still do something I love but just because I'm not making money from it doesn't mean it's still not super valuable to me yeah I like genuinely absolutely like adore the PBS like listeners and community they're so so lovely and so it, it gives me such a warm and fuzzy feeling every time I go in like it brings me a lot of joy um but yeah so I don't know I think I think the idea of like doing what you love for money is not always the way to go like find happiness outside of work and find a job that you can or find work that you uh that sustains you and that like doesn't totally break you mentally (laughs) sometimes like sometimes that's good Mm -hmm. enough like if you know if you can do that and you can do what you like I just think it's a bit of a I don't know I'm kind of bursting the bubble on that I think it's a capitalistic myth (laughs) to like make us all try to hustle and to accept less for the jobs that we do and be like well it's a job in the blah 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 so therefore I'll put up with more shit because it's oh well I'm grateful to be here (laughs) no I think it makes a lot of sense like it's not realistic because yeah like you said like does the dream job even exist is there going to be a job that combines everything that I want with yeah the amount of money I like need or want probably not like being open because like I really like the idea of like yeah the kind of thing that you do where it's like multiple things at once Mm. because it keeps it a bit fresher and you can kind of yeah you have a bit more variety and like take a day off when you need and stuff like that and that's not to say that you can't get a job like a more routine job that has those same things but I don't know I feel like yeah when my friends tell me like oh my boss you know I was having a hard week and my boss let me work from home and I'm like whoa that's so good and I'm like why is that so good like that's and everyone's boss should be like oh you're having a hard time like stay home but yeah it's that I think it's yeah, I think it's particularly hard for young people. We yeah. There's such a job scarcity that we tend to get into this mindset of like, just take it, just cop it. Like I need to keep hustle, like keep going. And I don't know, I, I think with young people and women in particular, like that's a, that's a really challenging thing. So maybe that's another thing, like working freelance, I can kind of like, I don't need to rely on one particular job. Like if I felt like in one I was, it was impacting me negatively and I needed to let it go, I would be able to do that. And then I would, I would not suddenly just be completely jobless. I would still have other options, but I mean, job security is like having one job and having sick leave annually. All those things is really valued too. Like if you can find something good, you know, lean into that, do that as well. So Um, But then you also like you experience different like I've done gigs or done little jobs where I'm like, oh, that was awful. And um, it just you always just try to learn from it, you know, but being stuck in one place is is not fun. Um, And, yeah, we're always going to be you're always going to be challenged um, just to make it work like financially unless you have unless you're like super privileged and have the support behind you like most of us aren't. Um, But I think that's a factor, too. Like, have you ever noticed that? you know, people who come from like more wealthier backgrounds, they're the ones in the creative industries. They're the one in entertainment. They could volunteer and get the support that they want to get to those places. Like 
a lot of artists, a lot of like those industries. So you, you just remember that if you're not from that, you have to work like 10 times as hard. Yeah. And I think they have a different mindset as well, because if you don't come from, if you don't have that background, so you don't have that like financial support, but you also, your parents have a different mentality to their parents. And so they, and they have a different mentality as well to be like, oh, it'll all just work out. Like, what do you mean? Like, blah, blah, blah. Whereas you're like, well, like I need to pay bills at some point. Like I need to do this. I need to do that. Whereas they don't have those same like built in pressures so it's just like (laughs) I think that I think that like where you come from your background your parents where your parents are from what your parents have done for work all that influences us so much I think and we don't talk about that and we don't acknowledge that as much as we should and I think it's a big part of us and um yeah yeah that's definitely a a thing (laughs) yeah exactly it's definitely up there with some things because yeah it's like a point well um we hadn't really spoken about it much but with imposter syndrome um I was like this quote from Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and she was like a lot of the time when you feel imposter syndrome it's actually just you coming up against like intergenerational wealth so there's like that thing of like, oh, well, I'm not at this point what that person is, but that person, like, especially with like podcasting, radio, like DJing, the opportunities, when you have to buy like technical equipment, it's like, well, that person started three years ago because like they could afford it. Whereas like you're out here working and like a different job so that you can then afford the equipment that they could just get. So it's like, yeah, well, they get a head start. Yeah, literally. Head start in so many ways. Like if you take, you know, the cost even of a laptop, just any equipment, you know, like a laptop's like 2K, like how many hours do you have to work to to earn that much versus like if they just get given that. Um, so some people definitely get a head start. But I'm kind of glad, like I come from a very, I'm like I come from a migrant working class background and I think it, I think if anything it makes me kind of work hard, like to be an optimist, half, half full kind of person. It kind of makes me work, it gives me like a bit of a work ethic and a bit of a hustle that I think some people lack as well. I think it helps as well if you, if you, if it can. Yeah, exactly. And I think it gives you a better perspective and like just better I don't know, you don't have blinkers on because you actually grew up learning, like seeing more of like what society actually is. But anyway, but yeah, I have a lot of opinions on this. For sure. But I guess um, <laughs> you kind of touched on it before as well. One of the tools, I guess, if you don't already know people, you don't already have connections is networking for lack of a better term. I think like I used to be really against like networking just because I hated like the connotations. But as I've gotten a bit older, I'm like, oh, no, this is actually fun and good. It just maybe needs a bit of a rebrand. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that can be my project of <laughs> the next couple of months. Um, with networking, um, do you have any tips before people start, I guess, like, thinking about who you'd actually like or not even like specifically who you want to talk to but who is the kind of person you want to get in touch with do you have any yeah I guess tips Mm. for like ask talking to people um cold not necessarily cold contacting but like you said going to conferences and speaking to people like how do you best yeah get to know people and represent yourself definitely I think networking is so important um 
And I think the, yeah, I'm, I agree hundred percent about the rebrand because you think of networking as, well, I'm going to talk to this person who is more influential and more powerful than me, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think networking can, is so lateral and doesn't necessarily have to be someone, um, yeah, in any, they, they can be like your peer, they can be like below you. And I say that in quotation marks in terms of like someone doing something in a different way. So, and it's not always like formal, like I'm going to this event. It's a networking industry event. It can just be like day to day, anyone you meet in terms yeah. of networking, just like talk to people, be open, just like make friends with people. Like don't treat an interaction like a business, like hello I'm like just be yourself just be natural just make genuine connections and sometimes it'll stick and sometimes it won't you know and I think that's just something to remember not everyone you meet is going to give you an opportunity but sometimes they will and sometimes uh, like they will support you and if you're in a community that's not like if you're a woman if you're in the queer community if you're a person of color like almost people want to be inclusive you know like people are starting to um, or at least the right ones at times will want to include you. So put yourself out there. Let people know you exist because if they don't know you exist, you got to be in it to win it. Like You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But then there's a line of like not being too obnoxious and like plastering yourself everywhere because I feel that you don't want to be that way. It's, it's, a, it's, a gen, it's, a, it's a slow burn. Like you got to be intentional about it but in a way that feels authentic to you that's not just like, you yeah. know, going everywhere. Yeah, like seeing someone else doing a certain thing and then being like, oh, well, that's what I have to do, but it feels like weird. Like I know I've like put up, almost posted so many like Instagram stories and been like, this isn't actually me. Like I don't really want to do that. And then there's other things that you can just like wait until it does feel right. And I think what you were saying as well with that anecdote, like telling people that you're a DJ but feeling weird about it, I realised as well because like I have the exact same thing. I'm still like just – in this podcast being like I'm a DJ and it's like I did my tax like I made money off it last financial year like I'm a DJ but it's that thing of like if you tell people as well and like people don't know what you do or not or like they don't if you just say to people like I do this if because you do it and you like it people don't know of just meeting you that maybe that's not even stretching the truth but like you know that you're putting a label on something that maybe you've been hesitant to do before. So and I think like hiding yourself like that isn't, doesn't benefit you. Like you have to be like, yeah, I do this and I can. And like a lot of the time people find what you do a lot more impressive than you because like to you, it's, you can't see yourself objectively and you're just like, oh, well I do this. And someone's like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like I think, I don't know, like listen to your friends when they, say that you're really cool when they hype you up (laughs) yeah exactly because they're the ones that are seeing you objectively and so you yeah that's definitely what you're doing I have another tip for networking actually sorry I just thought of something and this is really meta and I'll tell you why interview people interviewing people is a really good networking tool because you I don't know I just think it's really important like if you're doing a podcast or a radio show and there's someone you admire get them on as an interview interviewee and you will connect with them in such an organic way. And then, I don't know, I think that's really – like, Neve, I interviewed you on PBS because I really liked – I just liked what you were doing. So I was like, come on. And now we've come full circle and I'm here now. And, like, we've made a connection just like that and it's not – you know what I mean? Like, and now we're just comfortable and we just know each other. But it's like you have something in common with someone 
find a way to collaborate with them in some way in within the resources and skills that you have and then it will just happen more organically yeah and it feels a lot more like tangible when you do stuff like that because you then you feel part of like the community and the industry and it's just like oh cool like I am here (laughs) this is good um I guess to wrap up what would be so we've kind of talked about networking like organizing um routine that works for you kind of thing I guess what is your top tip that you would give to a younger you on your career path which is a big question but considering all the things that we've spoken about try to not let the just let anything that seems as rejection or as negative just to be a learning experience not as like a fixed like oh I didn't get this job therefore I'll never get anything in this environment and experiment and explore and get out of your comfort zone and just do different things um try try to mix it up don't just have a one track mind and have blinkers on because you can fall into something and really love it without knowing it but then also have goals I don't know I have lots of (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like yeah have goals but don't make them the be all and end all sort of thing or like make them flexible exactly and that comes all with the growth growth mindset I think I sound like a I sound like a preachy like entrepreneur like (laughs) oh no 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 I think like that growth uh, like fixed mindset is really important because I didn't know about it till I was like I don't know I'd quit one degree and then I went to the other one and then at the second degree is where they were like oh have you heard about this and I was like no but that is what stopped me doing the last thing so yeah I think it's really important (laughs) growth that's my tip growth yep (laughs) amazing thanks well yeah thanks for coming on the job pod it's been a pleasure to have you (laughs) thank you so much for having me it's been fun to express myself as much as uh it gives me i have to deal with the fact that people will perceive me and my ideas but i hope it's been helpful oh definitely i'm perceiving them and i'm enjoying them so (laughs) good 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 thanks for listening to this episode of the sin job pod Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To hear and see more great content by young people, follow at Sin Media on social media or head to syn.org.au. Do you want to volunteer at Sin? Head to syn.org.au forward slash get involved to find out more.